let's invite up the one and only Pastor Mark. Thanks, Troy. Yeah, anytime. Yes, that's true. I am the one and only, but it's not like a big deal. We're all unique in our own way. Yes, that's right. Well, good morning. It's great to see you and happy Merry Christmas. It's so fun to start the Christmas season and especially for us as believers. We know the reason for the season, so it's even more important to us. Amen. Well, grab your Bible this morning and open it to Romans chapter 15. We're going to do an in-depth study of our theme verse this morning, and I'm excited to get to that in just a, a little bit here. But I wanted to share a couple things about hope as we kind of launch into our season of Christmas and talk about hope this morning. We, we have such a, a great opportunity every single Christmas and every single Easter to celebrate the awesomeness of Jesus and how great he is. And so this Christmas, we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus because it's so important that he came. And the candle of hope is lit And all this month, we will celebrate hope and love and joy and peace. We celebrate these things because Jesus brought them to us. Jesus brought these things in all of their uniqueness, in all of their splendor, and he brought them in the exact way that you and I need them. He brought them because we needed them. And these four things are very, very important to our lives. They're not temporary, and they're definitely not meaningless. In fact, if you think about it just for a moment, these four things, hope, love, joy, and peace. If you think about it for a moment, you could say that those are the four things that every single human on this planet wants. That's what we're really looking for. That's what we really need. That's what every city, what every nation, what every society, what every culture, every, every single one of us needs those four things. And Jesus brought them to us through his birth and his death and his resurrection. And so these are things that we will celebrate all Christmas. They are things that we will honor Jesus in during our times together. You will notice the celebration of that in your Advent journal as you study things throughout um, the, the entire month and you study scripture every single day. There's a new scripture to study. You will notice that those four things will be highlighted all month because they are essential to us. Today, we will focus on hope. Now, hope is, it's an extraordinary thing. And hope in Christ is an extraordinary thing. Because typically, hope is is a futuristic idea or a futuristic understanding. And primarily and mostly that is true for us as believers. But also as believers in Jesus, it's so much more. Because our hope is not only reaches into our future, but it's also resident in our lives today, right now, but it's also something that we see all the way back in our past, historically, as the people of God, according to scripture. Let me explain. When Jesus came to the earth 2,000 years ago, his birth was the answer to hope. His birth was the answer to all of the hope of the Jewish people that had been reading and listening to the prophets speak about the Messiah that would come. And as they spoke about the Messiah that would come, uh, for about a thousand years, 
the people of God began to have this regular hope that was just resident in their soul. And whenever somebody would kind of rise up in the culture that looked like they might be a good leader, that hope would just instantly take place in their heart and their mind and begin to foster ideas that maybe this person is the Messiah. And so this was an ongoing thing for hundreds of years as the prophets prophesied and as the people of God began to have just a resident hope alive inside of them. Now, Jesus, when he came, was the answer to that hope. There were actually over 300 prophetic passages about the Messiah, and Jesus answers every single one. From a statistical point, it's a near impossibility for one person to answer all of those things unless that one person is actually the one person. And he is. He's Jesus. And so we can see, according to the Old Testament, as we read the Old Testament and we study the prophets and we see when Jesus was born and we celebrate Jesus' birth, we can see that the hope of humanity and the hope that God was making alive for us came alive in the person, the life and ministry, and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we can see hope alive and real in the past. But we can also see hope resident in our lives every single day today as we live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one every single day as you and I wake up and hit the floor and get ready for work, begins to empower us to live for Jesus and to live in the hope for Jesus every single day. It becomes our identity. So we know hope resident in us regularly on a daily basis. But we also see that Jesus is our hope for the future. Because he is ultimately our soon and coming king, amen? And we all hope for that. We long for that. There are days I wake up in the morning and I just look out the window and I think, is today the day Jesus is coming back? I hope so. I long for that day. I long for the moment that we're living in perfect righteousness in heaven. And so we have this hope resident in us as well for our future because of who Jesus is, because he is our soon and coming king. So hope is much, much bigger for us as believers than just something in the future, even though that's a great definition of hope. A great definition of hope is that hope is believing that something in the future will be accomplished. Now, the great part about that is that's exactly who Jesus is. When we believe and put our hope in Jesus and put, the, put our hope in the things that Jesus has for our lives, then we will see those things accomplished. So today, we light the candle of hope in representation that Jesus is our hope, that we've seen in the past, that we live in in the present, and that we will see in our future. Hope is believing that something in the future will be accomplished. If you work at a place of employment and maybe you've worked there for several years, you might say something like, I hope I get a raise or a promotion. There's something in you that's like, in the future, I hope something gets better here. If you plant a seed in the spring, you hope that it will grow and that months later, you will have a tomato plant or some flowers or maybe a pumpkin for the fall. If you say to a friend, I hope to see you again, you're looking forward to the next moment that you get to be with them, that you get to spend time with them, 
that you get to hang out and talk about Jesus and just have some coffee or watch football. See, we light the hope candle because we are remembering that God accomplished the hope for you and me. He accomplished something that we couldn't do on our own. He left heaven and he came to earth as Messiah, as rescuer, as savior, born to a virgin to die on a cross and come back to life to set us free. The reason we hope is so profound because he answered all the hope in the Old Testament prophets and he answered those prophecies so that we see that he is our hope now and in the future. One of those prophecies is Isaiah 9, 6 that said, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is one of those verses that the people of Israel held on to closely. It was part of their life that they, they would gravitate toward this verse and they would say, at some point, somewhere in our future, we will see a child born to us. And that person will be called Wonderful Counselor. He will be Everlasting Father. He will be the Prince of Peace that we need. And so Jesus was born and answered this prophecy and so many more. So for 2,000 years, we've been celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, the living hope. And you and I have that hope of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So once a year, we celebrate our hope in Jesus at Christmas. Now the way we're going to primarily do that this year is with a verse in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. So hopefully you're there. Hopefully you have your Bible turned to it. And I'm going to jump into this verse and um, begin to talk about it. It will be the theme of much of our conversation throughout the Christmas season and throughout our time together. So let's, let's jump in. Let's pray and open our hearts and minds to this verse and to this passage and what it has to say for us. Jesus, we thank you so much that your word is alive, it's active, it's rich, and it cuts straight through bone and marrow to our heart. We pray that we would see the truth that you have revealed in your word to us today and that we would choose to live it out all the days of our life. In Jesus' name we pray, we all said, amen. All right, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's such a short verse, but it's very powerful. And I'd like to show you several things this morning, several truths that I believe we can discover from this simple verse. The first thing that we can discover is that God is the source, that God is the source of hope. Paul prayed that that you and I, the, the believers and followers of Jesus, that we would understand that God is the source of hope. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you throughout the day, throughout your life, every single time that you go to the sink and you turn on your faucet and water comes out, you are just thrilled. One. Great. Do you let out a little cheer? 
Yes! Fresh water! Woo! Probably not. Why not? Because it's become just a regular thing. Like we just expect it. We turn on the faucet and we expect fresh water. But here's what's interesting. That faucet is not the source. It has a source, but it's not the source. The source is an aquifer. And as a city, we have tapped into that aquifer. We pump water into a well so that when you and I turn on a faucet, we always have water. And we don't even think about it anymore, do we? We don't even let out a whoop and a holler when the fresh water comes right out of the faucet. We probably should because we don't understand how important fresh water is anymore because we've grown so accustomed to it. We would call ourselves what? That's the word I was looking for, spoiled. <laughs> Blessed, right? What an amazing blessing that you and I have fresh water. So we don't even think about it anymore. We don't even process it anymore. But as long as electricity is running to the pump and the pump is working properly and the pipe and the well aren't leaking, then you and I have fresh water running to our faucet because it's tapped into the source, the aquifer. And there are several items in this process, by the way, that can break and we can lose water. The pump can fail. The pipe could get a crack in it. Right now, the city of Chini is actually, uh, we're repairing one of our wells. So it's dry for the winter, which is fine. Don't worry. We have plenty of water. But we don't need to water our lawns. So we have time to empty a well and fix it, right? Because it's not working so well. But aren't you overjoyed, I know I am, that God doesn't break? Aren't you happy that God doesn't break? That he's the source of our hope. He's the source of our joy and our peace. And he doesn't run out of these items. They don't break. He doesn't fail. And he has an endless supply. Because God is the source. This is why we make a big deal about Jesus during Christmas. Because throughout the rest of the year, what do you and I need in endless supply? Hope, love, joy, and peace. And it's so good to know that the well that we run to, God our Father, Jesus our Savior, the Holy Spirit who empowers us, that those things never run dry when we come into his presence. Because he is our everything. He is our source. So Romans 15, right off the bat, tells us that God is the source of this hope and we need to go to him to receive it. The second truth that we see is that God fills us. God's in the business of filling us with these things. He's filling us with hope, love, joy, and peace. And these four qualities, I don't know if you noticed, but they don't just happen by osmosis. Have you noticed that um, that the world around us, the culture around us, that every single morning when we wake up, we just aren't all loving. Like the pillow didn't supply a source of love. We wish it did, amen? 
But these things are not part of what just happens in the darkness while we sleep. These things are a part of being in relationship with Jesus Christ. Have you noticed that Jesus has changed these things in your life? That over the years of following Jesus, or maybe you're just beginning to know Jesus and you're regularly recognizing that he's talking to you about loving yourself and loving other people better, about having joy in your life, and about letting the peace of Christ rule and reign in you instead of letting anxiety and worry and frustration take you over all the time? Have you noticed that Jesus is transforming you? I hope so, because only Jesus' superpower can fill our hearts, change our minds, and get to the core of our soul and be the strength for us to live in this hope, love, joy, and peace. Only Jesus can do that. Now, because God is the source, all of these four qualities make sense as we go to him to be filled with them on a daily basis, which is my next question. Do you go to the source every day? Because sometimes we only go to the source when we need it, amen? We think, uh, I'll just go to the source when I need it. But that would be like saying, I'll only drink water maybe once a month. That's not going to work very well. Eventually, your physical body is going to say what? Ouch. And things will start to shut down. Your body will start to hurt, first internally and then externally. Without water, without going to a source of water, you and I will literally die. It is, it is life to us. In fact, you can't go much more than four days without water. You also, I believe, as spiritual people, as people that are living for Christ, we shouldn't go very long without being in his presence. And hopefully you know how to be in, in God's presence on your own. It doesn't require being at church on every Sunday. And we love to be in God's presence together, amen? Like that's so wonderful to do. But tomorrow morning, guess what you'll need? You'll need to be in his presence again. Because you'll need his hope and his love and his joy and his peace all over again. Because if you're anything like me, you're going to mess that up this afternoon, right? <laughs> And then you'll need it again tomorrow morning. See, it's important that we let God fill us each day because we have a tendency in our humanness to also desire the things of our world instead of the truths in his word. And especially at Christmas time, right? I mentioned recently um, at our men's group on Thursday, I thought it was so ironic um, we're reading through a book right now for us as men. And, and the thing that we were talking about uh, on Thursday morning was contentment and how important contentment is for us to be men and women that follow Christ and how it needs to be a really, really important part of our life. And I got done reading my chapter last week and I was thinking about contentment throughout the day. And I was thinking about how important it was that I was content and that I was letting God fill me with him instead of the things of this world. And Kate brought the mail in. And the first thing on top of the mail was the brand new what? Black Friday Cabela's ad. And all my contentment just went right out the door. Because right on the front cover, I saw five new things that I what? Had to have. See, if you and I don't go to the source, God, Jesus, 
and get filled with his hope, love, joy, and peace, then something else in our world will take its place. For me, it will be a Cabela's ad. For you, it will be something else. But it will take its place, won't it? You all know what I'm talking about. And so it's important for us to go to the source and let God fill us on a regular basis. Now, you're gonna love the third thing that we discover in this verse. The third thing is awesome. Are you ready? Here we go. These four qualities become a part of our lives because we, you ready? Y'all ready? Trust in God. Now we're going to be Christmas right back to our theme, right? What have we been asking all year? Do I trust God? And here it is right in Romans 15, 13. That if you want hope and love and joy and peace to be a part of your life, then you are going to have to trust in God. You're going to have to trust in him. You're going to have to make him your source. You're going to have to let him fill you. You're going to have to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to trust in him. It's the foundation of everything. We trust the faucet to deliver water because it's connected to the source. We trust in God to fill us with hope because he is the source of our hope. See, trust I like to say it like this. Trust is what opens the faucet of hope to give us the nourishment our soul needs to live a Christ-like life. Let me repeat that. Trust is what opens the faucet of hope to give us the nourishment our soul needs to live a Christ-like life. God is the source. Therefore, we trust in Him. We trust in Him as the source. Through every single season of life, we trust in him. And there are difficult times where we are trusting in him. And there are good times where we're trusting in him. Every season of our life, we are trusting in Christ. Now, if we try to trust in another source for our hope, we will run dry. We'll run that well dry. Because everything on this planet runs out. Everything in this planet will not satisfy us at one point or another. We always want the next biggest and better, don't we? The grass is always greener on the other side. If there's a wall in front of us, the first thing we start to think is what? So there must be something way better on the other side of that wall. I got to figure out a way to get over it. Not realizing that there's probably some dark valley over there. Or maybe the enemy's over there. And the wall is to protect you, but we want to be over the wall. That's just who we are in our humanness. So if we try or trust in another source for our hope, we will run dry. But we do this anyway. We do it often. We do it regularly. We put our hope in material things, in the money we have in the bank, a human relationship, a dream, anything but the Lord, and then we get frustrated when our life is not hope-filled and the enemy quickly gets us immediately when, when the things of this world don't satisfy, he quickly tricks us and gets us to think that what? Well, God doesn't care about you. When all along, we weren't putting our hope in him to begin with. So this is a balance that you and I are always dealing with. And we have to learn to put our hope 
in Christ. Not to put our hope in things that we know will fail. For instance, putting your, putting your hope in something else in this world is like hoping that your teenager will clean their room without you asking. That's what it's like. Sometimes we put our hope in things that are just never going to happen. We call this false hope. But we trust in God because he is the source of our hope. So if you need hope today, I want to encourage you, go to the source. Don't go somewhere else. Don't try something else in our world after you've already tried 50 other things that didn't satisfy. Go to the source. Trust in Jesus. Discover that he is your hope and he will be your joy and your peace. He will help you love yourself and help you love others. So the third truth that you and I need to remember is to trust in God. The fourth thing that we discover in this verse and that will carry us through the, the rest of our Christmas season is that you will overflow with confident hope. The verse that we are studying from says that you will overflow with confident hope. That once we understand that God is the source, when we understand that God is the one that's filling us with these things, and we, when we put our trust in God, you and I will overflow with a confident hope. Now, this is awesome. God doesn't just want you filled with hope. He wants you to have a confident hope. Not only a confident hope, he wants you overflowing with it. Now, here's what's interesting. Most of us fill our glass or our cup with our favorite drink to the top, right? But you don't fill it over because if it spills over, then it's all over the counter or it's all over somewhere else. And now it's a mess, right? But can I tell you that's exactly what God wants from you? He actually wants the best parts of you, which is Jesus in you. I don't know if you knew that, right? The best part of Mark is Jesus in me, not Mark in me. The Mark in me will always fail you. The Jesus in me does better. But this is exactly what God wants for us. He doesn't just want us to have hope. He wants us to have a confident hope that never fails, never spoils, never runs out, but that it's, in the New Living Translation, it says that it's what? That it's overflowing. What's this, what does God mean by that? What, what, is, what does he mean by this word overflow? It means that now you have some to give away. It means that the person of Jesus Christ, your savior, your king, he, you're not just hogging him, you're giving him away. You're giving away the hope of Christ because he's overflowing out of you wherever you are, at work, at home, at play, spending time outside having a hobby, wherever you're at, when you are filled with hope, love, joy, and peace, then it begins to overflow. That's what God desires for you. The you and I would be overflowing with Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting. When you have an overflow of something, 
you naturally start to look for people to give that overflow away to. For instance, has anybody ever grown zucchini? <laughs> right? Is it not true that every spring, and I mean every spring, there is zucchini on the counter? Why? Because you have an overflow of it. It's like a weed. And all of us have an overflow of it. And you naturally, as a follower of Jesus, you want to give it away. Recently, uh, someone in our church gave Kate and I a great, large, big box of potatoes. And there was no possible way Kate and I could eat all of these potatoes unless we decided to only eat potatoes every single day for every single meal for the next two months, which we decided not to. Thank you, Kate. But here we had this large box of potatoes. And Kate thought, hey, I know what we could do. Let's, let's put the potato box out on our front porch and I'll text all our neighbors that they can just come and get in it any amount of potatoes that they want out of the box. And so because we had an overflow of potatoes, we shared them with our neighbors. And so some of them came and got potatoes out of the box on our front porch. Now here's, here's what's also interesting about the potato box. Some of them got wet and they're not so great anymore. They're kind of at the bottom of the box. And um, so we had to throw a couple of them away. It reminded me of something interesting. If you have an overflow and you don't give it away, you start to stink. Did you hear me? Did you make the connection? If you have Jesus in you and he's overflowing out of you and you don't give him away, you will start to become a stinky Christian. We call them Pharisees. Negative, arrogant, narcissistic, judgmental, angry at everybody and everything in the world. A stinky Christian because the overflow is not being given away. It's so important what God has done in us, what Jesus has done. The overflow is meant to be given away. See, God wants us to overflow with the hope of Jesus, not just at Christmas, but all year long. Because the hope of Jesus is for every season of our life. And you and I are going to meet people this Christmas season, but we meet people all throughout the year that need the hope of Jesus in their present situation and in their present time. So give it away. Now, lastly, what I want us to see is this. That this overflow of a confident hope, the Apostle Paul says it's, it's also the result of something. It's the result of someone at work in your life. And that someone is the Holy Spirit. See, the last truth I want you to see is that overflow is the result of the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Now, what's interesting is I, I didn't notice this before, but as you study this scripture well and you look at it, 
it, it's, it's a great verse about the proof of the Trinity. That God is the source of hope. Jesus brought the hope to us, but it's the Holy Spirit who today empowers us yes. with the hope and the joy and the love and the peace. It's the Trinity in perfect relationship, at work in you and me, so that you and I can live for Jesus and give him away. See, the Holy Spirit's power in us makes hope, love, joy, and peace in everyday reality. Something that happens in us all throughout the day. The Holy Spirit is God. Therefore, he's also the source of what we need. His power working through us fills us and makes us overflow. This is why Jesus said to his disciples, hey guys, I must leave. And they're like, whoa, whoa hold on a second. We need to have a chat. I don't want you to go anywhere. Like, this has been the best three years of my life. Why, why would you want to leave me? Jesus says, well, I, I have to leave because if I leave, I'll send the Holy Spirit. And when I send the Holy Spirit, you will have the spirit of the living God inside you yes. and overflowing out of you. So I'll do my part. I'll die on the cross. I'll rise again so that when you believe in me, your sins will be forgiven and your heart and your mind and your soul and your spirit will be ready to house, to become a temple of the presence of the living God. So Jesus did that for us. That's why he came. But then he said to his disciples, I must leave so the comforter, the Holy Spirit can come. See, when the Holy Spirit reigns in us, then the life of Christ and the four qualities that we're talking about overflow and touch the world around us. This is God's vision for our life. This is the God's vision for humanity. This is God's purpose for every single one of us. That we would overflow through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you can see that there are lots of things wrapped up in this little powerful verse. We're going to unpack more of it as we make our way through it in the rest of this month. But we will celebrate Jesus. We'll celebrate Jesus this Christmas because his coming gives mankind hope. Hope of salvation. Hope of forgiveness. Hope for freedom from our brokenness. Hope for eternal life in heaven. See, Jesus knew that only he could provide these things for us. And I'm sure that God the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit watched from heaven for decade after decade, generation after generation of you and I trying to figure it out on our own and just messing it up all the time. In fact, one time he even cleaned the planet and started over and we messed it up again. Over and over again, we just trip ourselves and get in the way of God's vision and purpose and plan for our life. And God knew that. And so Jesus said, I gotta leave. I've gotta go to, I've gotta go to earth so that I can provide these things for humanity because he knew that no human could do what we needed. No philosophy could, could give us what we needed and no other power but the blood of Jesus could give us the hope that we need. So he left heaven, became a human baby, 
to give us hope today. So I want to I want to close with a question this morning. So would you stand with me? And I want to ask you a question just to process our idea of hope. What are you hoping for this Christmas? It's 2002. Every one of us in this room has celebrated Christmas uh, multiple times, some of us more multiple than others. And we love you for it. And you could probably speak to us about it. What are you hoping for this Christmas? Is it what Jesus hopes for you? See, Jesus has, has hope for us that sometimes we miss and we don't see. He hopes that you would begin a relationship with him. Jesus hopes that you would be free from addiction. Jesus hopes that you would have perfect peace as your mind is focused on him. Jesus hopes that all of the brokenness in our lives would be healed. Jesus hopes for our families to be restored, our relationships to find wholeness, for people to embrace the real freedom that is only found when you love Jesus. And when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. These are the things that Jesus came for. It's the reason he left heaven and came here. And it's the reason we celebrate all Christmas time. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you that you are the source of our hope. And I just feel right now that there are some in this room that you need the hope of Jesus. Whatever the reason is, it's between you and him. Maybe it's because you've just struggled to reach out to him and break through the, the thinking and just say, I need to just start living for Jesus. I just need to believe in him for the first time and I need to start believing in him every day. I need to break through. That's what Jesus wants for me. He wants a relationship. I hope that this Christmas, that today would be the day that you decide to do that. Some of you right now are in a situation or a circumstance that looks hopeless. And I've discovered that difficult situations look more and more hopeless the less that I'm in God's presence. The less that I'm in God's presence, the more hopeless every situation looks because I haven't been connected to the source of hope. What's amazing about hope as well is hope can be resident in us, it can be overflowing out of us, and the situation hasn't even changed. 
But our heart and our mind and our soul and our spirit is so focused on God that it doesn't even matter what the situation is. The hope, love, joy, and peace of God is flooding our life. So Jesus, I pray that kind of hope for those that feel like they're in a hopeless situation. I pray for a hope of God that would come into their life and would just overflow. That Holy Spirit, your power and your strength would do awesome things in them. That they would leave this morning with a new understanding of your hope. And that every day, each and every one of us would choose to be on our knees and to be on our couches and in our prayer closets every single day so that we can find the hope, love, joy, and peace that we need all season long. Jesus, we thank you. You are the source that you fill us, and we just want to say we trust in you. We believe in you. And our hope is in you. We give you our thanks and our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this morning, if you're walking through something and you just need a little bit of extra prayer, uh, don't leave before grabbing someone to pray with. If that needs to be me, grab me or someone else around you. I'd love for you to pray with someone if you just need a little infusion of hope. Uh, Merry Christmas. And always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.